Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky i am dean linky this is the united soccer coaches podcast it is presented by league apps and we have another great show summer residential courses are back and the interim director of coaching education the honor award winner, Hall of Fame winner, former president of the association, the legend that is Shellis Heinemann will kick off the show to talk about those residential courses. He is great. Then we visit with the eight-year head coach of the Brown women's soccer team. They're starting to dominate the Ivy League. Always great to spend time with Kia McNeil. After Kia, we go back to the convention where the head impact and trauma surveillance study leaders were on site at the convention. That includes Dr. Robert Stern, an unbelievably smart human being, and Matthew Roebuck. They sat down with me at the convention and we'll bring you that visit with hopes that next week we can also bring a visit with Bruce Murray who also was at the convention. After them, we put the spotlight on a national staff member, Allison Pronsky, has been with the association for a long time. It's time to recognize her, and we do that. And then we meet another member of our 30 Under 30 class, Alexa Reen. That's our show, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Lee Apps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. United Soccer Coaches named Shellis Heinemann, Interim Director of Coaching Education on February 28th. Shellis, a longtime member and coach educator for the association, will help oversee the implementation of United Soccer Coaches education courses through the spring and summer, including summer residentials member of the association since 1976, Shellis brings with him a wealth of knowledge about the association and an extensive coaching resume, including stints at Eastern Illinois University, Southern Methodist University, and Grand Canyon University, in addition to his time as head coach of FC Dallas in Major League Soccer from 2008 to 13. A champion of the association, Shellis was named the 83rd recipient of the Honor Award at the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. The past president was also inducted into the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame in 2020. Shellis has already started working with the United Soccer Coaches Education Department in finalizing the details for the summer residentials being held this June and July. The summer residential format has been a longtime favorite of United Soccer Coaches members, incorporating education sessions in classrooms and on fields. This format emphasizes cohort learning and allows members to build lasting bonds with fellow candidates. So check it out at unitedsoccercoaches.org. 
In addition to summer residential, Shellis will work with United Soccer Coaches Director of Education Programs, Dave Simeon, to continue providing new and engaging special topic diplomas and online coaching content available to members in the training ground. With that as the backdrop, we welcome in the one and only Honor Award winner, Hall of Famer, the legend that is Shellis Heinemann. Shellis, thanks for kicking off this week's show. Oh, D.D., it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for thinking about me. I mean, here's the thing, Shellis. Anytime the association needs you, whether it's to go to <laughs> Qatar for the World Cup or do anything, you're ready, right? You know, I love this association. As you mentioned, I was a member since 1976. Uh, I've grown a lot as a coach being involved in the association, not just through the, through the convention and the courses, but just through relationships with so many fantastic people. Um, it, I've really been uh, lifetime friendships made and so forth. But, you know, I came into the association in coaching education uh, probably 30 plus years ago with a guy named Mike Berticelli, who unfortunately has passed. And uh, Mike uh, was uh, director of coaching education at the time. And so when I came involved, I was very, very attached to it, put a lot of time into it. And then our, our director of coaching uh, resigned. And I was the vice president on the executive board at that time. I think that was like 2004. And uh, so I volunteered to take over as the interim. So now when this opportunity came around and Jeff gave me the opportunity to say, hey, would you be the interim again? Um, I, I took that uh, took that opportunity and, and was took advantage of it because I really have a lot that I wanted to to add to the coaching education. Being involved in 30, 35 years, probably, you know, I've seen some good days and some bad days and the pandemic really set us back as as well as everyone else. But we also got a chance to do a lot of things online, which we'd never done before. So we've done blend, blended classes. And now I'm excited that we're going to be doing in person again. And uh, we spent about four days together with a small group of people, Barry Gorman, Paul Marco, Felicity Day, and myself in Kansas City. And we came up with some really nice ideas for uh, our curriculum moving forward. And here's the thing that really excites me and it should excite uh, all our members is uh, our CEO, uh, Jeff Embusen, has done a fantastic job just in a short period of time. And what Jeff has, has said to me and he said to others is coaching education is a very important part of our association. Uh, with the addition of Dave Simeone, myself, eventually, uh, hopefully by the end of August, we'll have a, a full-time director of coaching. I think we're really on solid ground and moving forward. We're here with Shellis as we're dedicating this entire month to coaching education. We should. This is United Soccer Coaches podcast. He mentioned Felicity Day. He mentioned Barry Gorman. He mentioned Paul Marco. All three of them will be on each and every week of April. Of course, we're kicking it off with Shellis Hyman. You talked about the fact that you've already collaborated on these in-person courses that are being offered this summer. What can you share about these courses, Shellis? Yeah, I think I think the big thing, Dean, is is we've gone away from the in-person coaching. Uh, you know, the pandemic forced us to go online. And then now that we're going back in person, we feel the, the number one priority we felt that we needed to get done was to get coaches on the field more. So when you go to a coaching course, you need to be on the field. I mean, the field is where you really learn. You know, so we, we've always had sessions on the field. And then we went away from practice coaching session, which we have just implemented to add a game. Because the practice coaching session is a 12-minute coaching session where a candidate will go through his topic. He'll be assigned a topic, and he'll do his topic. And then we'll spend five, seven minutes with that candidate afterwards 
critiquing the topic so that person can learn uh, on the spot the areas that they must uh, concentrate on and areas they must improve. Now, if you got 24 people in the course, that coach is going to have an opportunity to see 23 other people go to a practice session. They won't get the same evaluation because they won't overhear that. But, you know, I remember back to my days when I was in college and I wanted to be a teacher. More importantly, I wanted to be a coach, but I had to go to the teaching route and get my physical education degree. One of the best things that ever happened to me was, was my senior year when I did student teaching. I spent a whole semester uh, at being mentored by a teacher in a school system. I worked every day and I got my, my degree through that, but I worked every day with a person that has already walked that road and has given me such great advice. So when I did get my job, I've already been accustomed to being in the school system and knowing how to teach the, the sessions that we were teaching and how responsibility was not only in the classroom, but out of the classroom with relationship with students and so forth to inspire students. And um, that was one of the best things I ever did. I think that is the core of coaching education is the relationship that you have with a candidate and where that relationship is 40 plus hours together doing an in-person course, but a lifetime mentoring where that person will call you and ask you for advice and feel connected to you. So when they're on the, on the uh, course for, for that 40 plus hours, I'm having lunches with them. I'm having dinners with them. I'm talking normal stuff with them and ask me any question you want. And I'll, I'll share my experience might not be in the curriculum, but you know, you develop that relationship. So, so we really wanted to get in person and then we wanted to get a teaching exercise. And then we wanted to get into final testing at the end of the course where we would test them without them having to feel like they have to go home, get their team together, fly in a staff member, evaluate them in their own environment, which all sounds great, but why not get them right there on the spot after X amount of hours being with them? And now you get a chance to evaluate them and see exactly where they are and give them two weeks later uh, a, a, a design that tells them what their grades were and how they can improve. And hopefully we look forward to you in the next course. That is perfect. We're here with the legend that is the interim director of coaching education right now for United soccer coaches, Shellis Heinemann. And Shellis, I love the fact that you said we can ask you anything. So this is going to feel like a loaded question, but it's not because you've been around long enough. And that is what makes United soccer coaches education different and unique from U.S. soccer's coaching education? Well, you know, I, I was on U.S. soccer staff uh, for, for a long period of time. And uh, it, it, it got a little confusing for me uh, going to your question. You know, at, at that time, U.S. US soccer really wanted to distinguish a staff from a candidate. OK, there was you ate separately times, you know, you didn't really socialize with them. And I always had a problem with that because I grew up in the United uh, uh, or the NSCA at the time, United Soccer Coaches. And um, and I feel like the personality and the bond that you develop with a but a candidate is everlasting. So, you know, I had some real issues with um, being restrained from the, from the candidates. So I think the, the one major thing that I see is United Soccer Coaches is about coaches, period. It's mm. just about coaches. And we have so many coaches in this country from 
the youth coaches to the high school coaches to to the high end coaches, and the majority of our coaches that need help are the younger coaches, because most of them either were put into a position to be a coach or they have just decided no longer am I a player now I'm going to be a coach. Well, they have to learn the methodology of coaching. They have to learn the principles of coaching. There's so many things they have to learn. I mean, uh, I think the courses that we offer are fantastic, you know, and you can get this course done in a week. You know, it doesn't have to be a year-long process, a four-month process. You can get it done in a week, and it's loaded with information. It's not just about soccer, Dean. It's about sports performance. It's about uh, psychology. It's about methods, principles. It's a lot of uh, things that are important to you as a coach that you can't just read in the soccer manual. You know, so we bring in guest lectures that that are uh, very, very good in their profession. I feel like your answer there is going to be part of your answer on this one. And that is as a longtime member and coach educator, Shellas, what are the largest changes you've seen in the association's education over time? Probably the largest I've seen was when uh, uh, Barry Gorman and I sat in, in uh, Penn State University uh, with Mike Parsons, who was the director of coaching at the time, and we designed it the premier course. Because up to that point in time, the, the, the national was really dealing with 6v6, today it's 7v7, 9v9s, but we never really talked about 11v11s. And that's what we, majority of us coaches, 11v11s. Why would we not have a course that talked about 11v11s, the game? And, uh, and so we designed that over a weekend, and it's been one of our, our, our premier courses because it deals with the full game, 11v11 at the, at the majority of the levels. And when you're watching a team play, whether it's Manchester United against Chelsea, guess what? They're playing 11v11. So that was a big change for us. And then we, with that change, came into systems of play. So those systems of play uh, have been tweaked. Uh, how I play a 4-4-2 might be different than another coach plays a 4-4-2. Do they play a diamond midfield? You know, there's so many different ways of doing it, depending on the personnel of your players. And, and I think right now we are really on the trend of, of adding more and more things to our courses which is the modern trends. Now, I, when I say counterattack, that may be a modern trend, but many of us were doing counterattack, you know, 10 years ago uh, when we talk about pressing. Well, I remember I was in, in, a, in a course where Rigo Sacchi was talking about pressing because he introduced it to the Italia's team uh, at the World Cup. So, you know, those are the modern trends and things that are happening today throughout the world, we consider modern trends and we will... We'll review them and see how we can implement those in our in our premier courses. As I already mentioned, coming up next week, Felicity Day, then Barry Gorman, then Paul Marco. Are there any quick hits on each one of those three that you think they'll focus on when I talk to them as we dedicate this entire month to the education part of United Soccer Coaches? Absolutely. And and those uh, those three other people that you mentioned. I reached out to each of them personally, and I gave them a little bit of a job description of what I would like them to do, all right? Uh, my role right now is to be the coaching director, but I can't do that on my own because I may get out of bounds sometimes across some lines that I don't want to cross. So I, I want to uh, 
bring in people that I can have a great deal of, of respect for who've been in our association. All of them have been in our association for, for decades. And, um, and so Felicity uh, will be responsible for the national diploma. So she's, we all met in Kansas City, but she laid out her plans. We discussed it. We added some things. We took some things out and we made it a better, a better course than she originally designed because she had other people's input. It wasn't that she was wrong. We just designed it a little bit differently. And then the advanced national is a, a, a longtime, lifetime friend of mine, Barry Gorman who, who uh, Penn State legend, uh, soccer coach, and just a fantastic educator. He's probably has one of the best soccer minds I've been around. So now we did the same thing with Barry. We, we, we went to the plan that he put together, and then we kind of dissect it and, and move forward, with it and, and we're going to implement it. And, of course, uh, Paul Marco, who's at uh, 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 New York coaching at Binghamton, uh, college coach, who's fantastic, he's been running the premier course probably for the last uh, eight, 10 years. And uh, he's been the director, so it just made sense to have him involved in that. And so when, you, when you're talking to them, that will be their specialty and as we move forward. That is perfect. Last question for you. And I feel like you touched on it during your amazing honor award speech, Shellis, which is one of the best speeches I've ever heard. And I'm not saying that in a sycophantic way. It was just awesome, your entire story. But as I think about you diving back in in this interim role, I think about how you always try to remember almost every single person. And I remember you telling me one time, like, if you don't know their name in the first second, you just get a little hint, then you get the name and then you recall them. And I think that's what you love most about doing these in-person courses, right? The the fact that you form these bonds with these young coaches. Oh, absolutely. And, and thank you for the comments about the speech. Uh, that that was a, a, a really proud moment for me and my family. Uh, but uh, I know, you know, you can imagine after teaching so many courses, you'll have people to you know, run into at a convention and they'll say, hey, you know, and of course they remember you, right? Because you were an instructor and they remember you, but, but they, they're also one of, a thousand people that you've taught. <laughs> so I always say to them, uh, tell me what course you're in. And they'll say, well, I was in Florida. And I said, was it Boca Raton? And they go, yes, it was Boca Raton. Now that kind of gives me a little bit of idea. All those courses we did at Boca Raton. You know, was it Sunshine? Yes, it was Sunshine. Now mm -hmm. I, I kind of remember that. And of course, I give them all my attention and all my energy because they are a member of our association. So I think one of the things that I've learned this, Dean, more as I got older, one of the greatest things that I, I look at in my life is my relationship with people. I truly enjoy sitting down and talking to people. And it doesn't have to be about anything, just to associate with them and develop a continual relationship. Yes. Perfect. Shellis Heinemann kicking off a dedicated month to our education programs. As you just heard, we'll have Felicity Day, Barry Gorman, and Paul Marco in the next three weeks, but had to kick it off with our interim director of coaching education, Shellis Heinemann. Shellis, always an honor, always a pleasure, always a privilege. Thank you so much for kicking off this week's show. Thank you so much, Dean, and thank you so much for your continued support of our association. Hard to find somebody that's given more support to the association than Shellis Heinemann. The man truly is a living, walking legend, and we're so glad that he is stepping in 
yet again. We are going to continue to talk about the black soccer coaches community and the wonderful impact that it is making. And we're going to do it with now the eight-year head coach for the Brown University women's soccer team, where they have dominated the Ivy League the last several years. Their head coach is Kia McNeil. She is a delight, and she's up next after this message. Introducing the first ever CoachCon, presented by Soccer.com in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, August 11th through the 13th. Register now to experience distinct coaching education from top-level professionals and earn a special topics diploma in game analysis or organizational leadership. Spots are extremely limited. Register today at unitedsoccercoaches.org slash CoachCon. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Dean Linky, delighted to be joined by the head coach of the Brown women's soccer team. She's been a multiple Ivy League coach of the year. She is getting it done, and we're so proud of Kia McNeil, who is back on the show. Welcome back, Kia. Thanks, Dean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Kia, you were recruiting during the convention, so you weren't there on that Saturday night. I don't know if you've heard my interviews every week since, but I've had somebody that was in that room there now it's going to be kind of cool to have somebody that wasn't in that room that can at least tell me they've heard a little bit about what happened in that room please tell me you've heard nothing but good things about that saturday night at the convention yeah no i heard it was an incredible event you know just bringing our community together in one room you know i don't think that's that's ever happened uh for us and um you know i heard it was an incredible event you know great for networking great for community and great to just you know celebrate black excellence too that's exactly what I experienced. But the one thing that I experienced is when I walked in, I was at home, like, you know, and there are other people that looked like me that were right at home. And to me, that's progress as well, is it not? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, there there's nothing that we we as a as a black community can do without the support of, you know, allies like yourself, you know, helping, you know, kind of build the bridge and help elevate our community as as much as possible. So it I mean I think it means a lot to all of us to have, you know, people like you and other supporters and allies in the room as well cuz, you know, at the end of the day we we can't do this alone. And for me it also made me feel like going home. So I'm a lot older than you. I was lucky enough to be with US soccer from 89 to 94. And Lincoln Phillips was always around. But for me, Lincoln Phillips was just Lincoln Phillips, this great coach, this great guy. He wasn't mm -hmm. a black coach, you know, because right. you know, I was kind of coming up in the game. It was just somebody that, but he was there. And then he got up and he spoke and like, he spoke to me and he spoke to everybody there. And it made me realize, wow, they really have had to be uh, behind the, the lights, you know, not, not out front. And now it's time. So I reached out to him and then I reached out to Mike Curry and then I reached out to Hugh Menzies. And finally, Hugh said, you know what, maybe it is time. It is time for us to get some recognition. What do you, how do you feel about him saying that? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's, it's kind of been a long time coming for, you know, us to kind of be in the forefront, to be in the highlight, you know, like you said, I think we've, we've been behind the scenes a lot, but you know, I, I think it is time that, you know, we're brought to the forefront and, you know, really able to celebrate each other and have other people celebrate us as well. So I, I think it's a great time to, to kind of come forward and push the needle a little bit to make sure that we're, we're being recognized in the right ways. How do you feel about the fact you still are somebody that people are going to lean on? I just had Marsha Harper on last week. She's now going to be part of the governance. And she still says when she really is in trouble, she'll call Kia McNeil and say, Kia, help me, you know, but as one of the leaders, but now Kia, to be fair, how does it make you feel to know there's more 
for lack of a better word, more Kia McNeils out there getting it done. It's really incredible. And um, it's nice that I have a great relationship with Marsha, with Denisha Adams, with Tina Ellertson. You know, a lot of them I, I was able to play with and, and play against growing up and even in the pros. So it's nice to see that all of us are, are you know, going back to our roots and kind of giving back to the game and entering the coaching scene. So I'm happy to be able to, you know, be a voice for them, you know, give them some advice. I was talking with Tina this morning to give her some advice. So it, it, I know what it's like to, you know, feel like you need someone to lean on. So I'm just happy that I can kind of be that person for people. And to be honest, you, they're, they're those type of people for me too. So it's definitely a mutual exchange there. Now, even on the women's national team level, where the superstars of superstars, you know, Sophia Smith and Crystal Dunn and Trinity Rodman and more and more women of color are making huge impacts on the playing field. I think that also helps what we're trying to build with the black soccer coaches community. Does it not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, it's great to see more people of color, like representing the national team, obviously being celebrated with the national team. You know, when I was growing up, I really had Brianna Scurry to look at and, you know, that, that was great, but you know, the whole idea of see it to be it, I think it's really real. So it's nice that, um, you know, this generation of, of young people, they don't just have one person to look at or two people to look at, you know, there, it seems like, you know, obviously the, the national team is kind of integrating itself a little bit more and getting a lot more people of color with the team and, um, you know, celebrating the, the strengths that those players bring to the table too. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's great. I think it can continue to trend in a positive direction, but, you know, I think it's a good starting point. We're here with Kia McNeil. She was one of the people that was recognized that night, but she was out recruiting. I'm talking about that special Saturday night that I've been talking about every week since it happened in January at the Black Soccer Coaches Community event. It was just off the chains, amazing, and I uh, loved every second of it. And I remember thinking afterwards that everybody has moved mountains, but at the end of the day, I did find myself walking over to Nicole Hercules saying, wow, Nicole, this is really something special. She's really played a big role in, in all of this, Kia. Can you comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I, there's there's not enough positive things I can say about Nicole and, you know, what she's done, her work over the years. And, you know, obviously a lot of it being volunteer work, but she, you know, has a mission and a goal and um, has really brought the Black community together. I think, you know, a lot of times we felt that we were kind of operating in a silo and, and operating by ourselves and um, her efforts to kind of bring our community together to have Zoom calls, phone calls. Um, you know, she's somebody that I have sp on speed dial on my phone if I ever need something, you know, just kind of connecting, connecting the dots for people. Um, you know, I think she's done an incredible job kind of elevating and celebrating our community and, you know, really giving us the platform and voice that you know, we all need and that we all deserve and um, really just needed somebody to, to, to kind of take the reins up. So it's been incredible the work that she's done. And, you know, she, I can't say enough positive words about her. She's, she's just an incredible person and human being. All of my guests, Kia, since that incredible night have talked about the fact that she did the work of five people. So it makes sense. There's going to be five people on the governance under Andrew Richardson, but five amazing people that have unique backgrounds. I think that's important too. Definitely. I think anytime you can get 
people from unique back, backgrounds have diverse experience, um, you know, both in the men's and women's game. I think it's really important um, to, to kind of bring those communities together. And, um, you know, I agree, like, you know, Nicole was doing the work of, of five people. So I think it's, it's good to kind of divvy the work out in this next, um, you know, this next leadership council. Yeah, how's the spring been going for Brown and how are you looking forward to the fall as I think it's this will be your eighth season, right? Is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah, this will be my eighth fall with the team. Um, you know, just just came off a great season, three P Ivy League champs now, again, undefeated for the third year in the row in conference. So it's it's been great. The spring season's been um amazing, great energy from the team, uh great work ethic. I think we've really established like what you know, kind of on a foundational level, brown women's soccer is and in, in terms of what we want to bring every single day. And now it's just about, you know, moving the needle in little ways here and there to, to continue to elevate our team. You know, one thing we always talk about is just, you know, we don't want to get complacent. We don't want to, um, you know, feel like, oh, we're at the top of the Ivy League and, and um, be okay with that. We want to continue to elevate as a program. And it's not just about winning the Ivy League. It's about really making a push in the NCAA tournament. You know, this year we we lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament in PKs. And, you know, we really felt like we we could be and should be a sweet 16 team. So I think the team's really hungry. You know, you can see that in their spring training so far. But, you know, obviously we got to continue to put the pieces together to make sure that we're, um, you know, competitive and successful this fall as well. To have that success, you know, the importance of having a great coaching staff. Tell me about the makeup of your coaching staff and how you went about doing it. Have you had any changes in those eight years? Spend a little time talking about your coaches. I actually feel like coaches are, you know, obviously they're pivotal in your success. I think continuity of coaching staff is pivotal as well. So Matt Moniz and Raleigh DeRose, um, they're actually, I both, I elevated both of them to associate head coaches, um, you know, last season or the year before, and um, they've been with me from the beginning. So, you know, we really feel like we've kind of built this program or rebuilt this program from the ground up together. And, you know, obviously went through highs and lows through that. That, but I do think, um, you know, continuity of coaching staff is really important to, you know, have some continuity with your messaging, with your recruiting, what you value as a program, um, you know, trainings, the intensity of training. So, um, you know, what we've built is really special. Matt was somebody that I've known for, you know, 15, 20 years. You know, we grew up in Connecticut playing soccer, him playing on the best boys team in the state, me playing on the best girls team in the state. Um, I played for his father growing up. We both went to Boston College together. Um, so he's somebody I had a more personal relationship with. And then Raleigh, um, you know, her, she was just through the general job search. You know, she had she went to Knox College um, and then coached at Knox College as well, Division three. And and um, she she kind of had like a rebuild with that program. So just her experience, you know, going through a rebuild herself, I think, was valuable bringing her over here to Brown. And, um, you know, the two of them have been with me ever since. It's, you know, we have a great, 
great group here. Um, we also have a phenomenal goalkeeper coach, Andre Reese. I think he's one of the the best. I mean, I know I'm biased, but I think he's one mm-hmm. of the best goalkeeper coaches I've ever had the the pleasure of working with and having on staff. And um, so we we have a really good you know contingency going, and you know just just happy that we've you know we've been able to retain our assistance, keep our assistance, and just kind of you know keep that championship mentality going forward. Yeah, because to be fair, having that continuity with your coaching staff brings consistency, correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think. You know, the team knows what to expect from us, you know, day in and day out from training. Um, I think sometimes when you're turning over your assistants every year, you're spending so much time, you know, training them or getting them up to speed or, you know, making sure from a recruiting standpoint, they're seeing they have the same eye you do or value the same type of things and players that you do. So um, inevitably, there's a little bit of a learning curve. So um, I'm not saying that you know, eventually I think Matt and Raleigh and Andre will all go on. I think they're all going to make phenomenal head coaches one day, but you know, for the, for the present moment, I'm definitely going to enjoy continuing to have them on my staff. We're here with Kia McNeil, the head coach at Brown. As I mentioned, she was recognized as one of the legends that Saturday night, but wasn't there. I really am glad to hear that you've heard a lot of good things because I, I can't stop talking about it, Kia, and I won't stop talking about it, which I hope is a good thing as we continue to move forward. I'm actually kind of jealous that I missed the event because I've heard so many positive things. So, you know, if if they have another uh, celebration next year around the convention, I definitely want to make an appearance. Finally, last week we had, I call him the captain of cool, Kadani McAlpine on continuing the message. And one of the things that I love that he said, and yes, he coaches women's soccer, but as he was also tipping his hat to Nicole Hercules, he said, hey, not just black coaches, but black women coaches which I was, I thought that was cool that he put an emphasis on that as somebody that coaches women. When Kadani McAlpine says something like that, how does that make you feel? He's been a great um, colleague of mine. He's been a mentor. He's been, he's given me some great advice. And again, just like, just like the black coaches, we need, we need white allies, black women, we need black men, we need white men, we need, we need allies. And um, so it's great to have you know, somebody like Kadani with his, you know, kind of name, his stature, you know, really mentioning the importance of of Black women coaches and the success we've been having. And, you know, I really think that that it, words like that kind of help women see like, oh, wow, this is a pathway. This is, you know, a career that I could take and, you know, hopefully take that next step to jump into the game and and kind of give back to the game that way. A little later on the show, we'll meet another 30 under 30 member. One of the things I like seeing in that is there have been more people of color getting recognized in the 30 under 30 class, which goes back to what you've said to me a million times before. You know, if you can see it, you can, you can be it. This is my last question. If you're speaking to young people of color that want to have a career in coaching, what is your message to them, Kia? Well, personally, I would love for them if if they feel like they they need specific advice, I would love for them to reach out to me. You know, um, feel free. My my email's on the website. I'm sure you can track it down one way or another. You know, um, I definitely want to be a resource. I want to help elevate um, you know young women, especially into the collegiate game or or even the club game, whatever wherever they feel like they see themselves. I just want them to know that there is a place for you and that, you know, this it's being a coach can be a grind sometimes, but it's, it's extremely gratifying, you know, giving back to the game. And, you know, we, we need, 
we need more people of color. We need more women of color in the game. And I don't even think for me, like I realized how important it was until some players on my team, you know, basically communicated that actually to a newspaper, they communicated that. And I was just reading the newspaper, like almost with tears in my eyes, because I don't think I even realized how important, um, you know, my presence and, you know, just being a mentor and a role model and somebody who's walked in their shoes. I don't think I even realized how much that meant to them until I read that newspaper. So, you know, we need, we need more people um, of color. We need more women, you know, in the game. I was just recently at a recruiting event in Florida and I was stopped probably, I'm not even kidding, maybe 10 or 15 times by people saying, hey, you're, you're like the Don Staley of women's mm -hmm. soccer. You're, you know, we're rooting for you. Like, hey, hey, coach, like, I know it's a grind, but, you know, keep it up. Like, we need you, you know, so it, there's definitely a need for people like me and, and women of color and, and even men of color, obviously, in this game. So I just want you to feel that, you know, you, you have a resource in me, you have a resource in the other, you know, women and allies in the game as well. So, you know, feel free to, to hit me up if you need something and just happy to help any way I can. And she says it, folks, you should believe it. Kia McNeil, great success at Brown. Thanks for taking time to continue to build this momentum that I felt on that Saturday night in early January. Always an honor to spend time with you, Keo. Good luck to you, and thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dean. Appreciate it. Certainly appreciate Kia McNeil joining the show. Coming up next, more return visitors as we are joined by the Head Impact and Trauma Surveillance Study, HITSS.org, and two of their leaders, Dr. Robert Stern, one of the smartest people you're ever going to meet, and Matt Roebuck, who does a great job promoting the fact that they need people to go to that website, HITSS.org, sign up and participate in the study. Matt Roebuck, Dr. Robert Stern on The Bounce. As a soccer coach, you're no stranger to developing your players, but how are you developing your own expertise? As a United Soccer Coaches member, you receive access to a range of resources, like our online learning platform, The Training Ground, to aid in the growth and enhancement of your coaching skills and career. From coaching education courses to lifestyle services, take advantage of new opportunities and member benefits with an annual United Soccer Coaches membership for just $125. Join the home of all coaches to today at unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gap, some great evergreen material as part of our coverage of the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. It's been a great week and it's allowed me to see face-to-face -face people I have great admiration for, people that I've had on the podcast, and that includes the leaders of HITS, the Head Impact and Trauma Surveillance Study. So pleased to be rejoined in person, live and in color, by Dr. Bob Stern, Professor of Neurology at the Boston University School of Medicine, the Director of Clinical Research for the Boston University CTE Center, and the Principal Investigator of the HITS research project, the Head Impact and Trauma Surveillance Study. Dr. Bob Stern, great to be with you. Hey, Dean, it's great to see you in person, see that smiling face. I appreciate that. And Matt Roebuck, the Recruitment Coordinator, Head Impact and Trauma Surveillance Study hits. Matt, great to see you Dean, as likewise. well. Yeah, great. I feel like I know you guys because yes. I feel like the two podcasts were outstanding and I feel like off of the podcast, we're making progress. 
I need you guys to define progress and give us an update on what that means. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, progress for us is getting people into the study. And every time we've been on your show, we see results. We see your listeners come in. Our numbers go up. Uh, we usually get maybe 20 or so people uh, week to week to enroll in our study at hits.org. But after I'm on with you, your listeners respond and react, and that doubles, sometimes triples almost immediately in the days following our appearances. And so it's been great, just uh, uh, the support from United Soccer Coaches and yourself and all the way up through the leadership has been outstanding. Let's get action right now. When you say progress, you mean people signing up. What are they signing up for, and where do they sign up? Yeah, absolutely. Hits.org, H-I-T-S-S.org. It's an online research study. It's a survey uh, for people 40 and older who played uh, soccer or taco football uh, at any level, youth, high school, college, or beyond. Uh, they go online. They answer questions about their playing history, their medical history, uh, take a few fun brain games. Uh, and they're giving us data that we can find answers from. We can find answers about how repetitive head impacts affect or may affect later life brain health risks. So anyone can go 40 and older, play it at any level. Again, youth, high school, college, or professionally, men and women, go online, take our survey. Once again, the Please. magic number we're trying to get to is... Uh, 4,800, just under 5,000. Okay, we're and we're just about at? We're just under 2,000. That's what you just said, perfect. Yep. Okay, all right, awesome. All right, Matt, no offense, but I always like doing these things when I know the IQ level is going to yeah. just go off <laughs> the charts. Absolutely, not taken. As we A turn little, to Dr. So where are you looking <laughs> right uh, now, Dean? You know where I'm looking. <laughs> your, your resume is beyond incredible, and this topic is so important and you are no pun intended taking it head on with a mission yeah you know this is a passion for me i've been doing this research on the long-term consequences of repetitive blows to the head now for 12 14 years um, and the more i learn the more i realize we need to learn more and we have incredible questions that need to be answered and you know it's interesting being here uh, at the convention this week uh, whenever i talk to anyone they say oh yeah you know this must be an important topic now and everyone's thinking about what about heading what about the long-term consequences of heading we don't really know for sure um, there's a bunch of different types of research evidence coming together that make it seem like there may be some relationship between the amount of heading the ball people do mm. and long-term problems with the brain, including neurodegenerative diseases like what's called chronic traumatic encephalopathy that can lead to cognitive impairment and behavior and mood changes, um, but as well as other neurodegenerative diseases, including ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, so, you know, we're, we're concerned, but we don't know how concerned we should be. And all we know is we have to get answers as quickly as possible. The only way we can do that is to have a lot of people enroll in this HITS study. We're looking not just for men, because we've been studying male American football players for a while. We're looking for women, too. Half of our sample is going to be women former soccer players, age 40 and above. Age 40 and above. And right now, of that number at almost 2,000, what is the breakdown, men and women? Uh, so about half of them are fo male football players, former tackle football players. And so the other half is it's closely 50-50, maybe 40-60. On the soccer side? Uh, uh, well, 
Half of that, too, so we have about 800 former soccer players. Okay. Uh, and of that 800, there's probably 40% are women. Okay. 45%. Yeah, you know, I looked this morning, it's 46%, 46 women, women. Which is great. Yeah. yeah. The goal is 50-50, so we would like to you know, keep our, our numbers from, for both groups going in. But it's important when we're talking about having data that represents women, uh, we need participation by women. We need to know, uh, does gender play a role in some of these risks? Women aren't small men, right? They need their own research. They, they need their own information. And the only way we can get that is if they participate in our study. And Dean, you know, it, this is the 50th anniversary of Title IX in the U.S. And that has been an incredible, <laughs> it's hard to put into words how important that was in terms of providing equal access to women uh, for all sports. The thing is, women now are making up a huge, huge percentage of soccer players across all levels of play. There's now getting to be a little more equity in certain aspects of women's soccer. But the lack of equity in research of women in any capacity, and in particular brain research on women soccer players, that's the, that's the problematic thing, and we want to change that. So we need people to go online to hits.org, H-I-T-S-S dot O-R-G, H-I-T-S-S dot O-R-G, learn more about the study, and then press the enroll button, and please help us come up with answers. Women, men, age 40 and above, played at any level. Uh, it doesn't matter if they've had concussions or not. That's not the story. That's not what we're studying, really. Um, and it doesn't matter whether people have symptoms or not. We want anyone who played at any level, age 40 and above, to enroll in the study, do those two hours of online survey and, and questionnaires and cognitive brain, you know, brain games. That's all it takes to help us come up with some answers. Again, that's H-I-T-S-S dot O-R-G. And part of the push is being at the convention where you've got support from Alexi Lalas, one of the legends, Bruce Murray, who I was with for quite some time as he was on the 90 team and one of the last cuts on the 94 World Cup team and Gina Lewandowski. I feel like you guys have been blown away by this convention. Is that fair to say? Oh, my God, yes. yes. I had no clue. Mm -hmm. First of all, how big it was, but also how engaged people are. Everyone here is really into learning and networking, but there is so much stuff going on. And we are really fortunate that we're doing a panel presentation here on the impact of head impacts. Um, and Bruce Murray and Gina Lewandowski are going to be panelists um, uh, with us on, on that uh, stage. Um, so we're, we are completely blown away and just so fortunate and, and appreciative of United Soccer Coaches. All right, last word time, Dr. Bob Stern, as I really do appreciate all you're doing. And I do want to point out, folks, that while you're doing the research, Dr. Bob Stern and his team are doing autopsies and studying the impacts of the brain. I mean, you guys are you're doing some real important stuff. Well, it's an way. incredible team of people I get to work with. I'm so honored to be able to have uh, uh, much smarter people than I uh, doing some of the really important work. Um, but right now, uh, we just have to come up with those answers quickly.
All right, I'm glad that you always like this platform, Dr. Stern, as well. All right, last word time, Matt Roebuck. Plug it for me, my man. <laughs> yeah, just to kind of repeat what Bob was saying a minute ago, but just being here and taking this convention in has been, it's been an honor, it's been inspiring, it's been uh, amazing and eye-opening, and the amount of uh, educational platforms and sessions and opportunities for people to be here and learn, and for us to be uh, just a part of it and take it in and certainly present you know our information and, and hopefully get people uh, to to enroll. It's been a it's been a real thrill for us. I always enjoy speaking with you and and sitting with you. But uh, the most important thing for me in, in speaking with you and all of this United Soccer coaches, the leadership, I say it every time because I sincerely mean it. They've been outstanding. Their support is amazing. Uh, the the people I speak with have been absolutely on board with this and, and wanting us to get answers because. Um, and I, I know I've probably shared this with you before, but when I talk to people like Alexi and Bruce and they're telling me how important this work is and what it means to them and what this can do for them and their family members and their support system and their teammates reach out to them with questions, uh, that's when it, it motivates me and inspires me. So thanks for having us. Thanks to the United Soccer Coaches for all of their support, both here on site throughout the year, throughout uh, uh, the push that they give us, um, and it works. People that listen to you, Dean, you motivate them to, to, to go take action. I appreciate that. That's the last word from Matt Roebuck, the recruitment coordinator, head impact and trauma surveillance study, HITSS. Last word time now from our good doctor, Dr. Bob Stern. All I can say is, Dean, you're the best. Thank you so uh, much for having us. I appreciate it. You're the best. Continue to support. Go ahead and do those surveys, folks. It's minimal standards as well, kind of, as far as what, what you played. I mean, you don't have to be a pro or a college player. You just have to have played, right? That's any level. Any 40 level. years old, any level. You heard it right here. HITSS.org. Head Impact and Trauma Surveillance Study. Always fun to hang out with Dr. Bob Stern and Matt Roebuck. We'll be back with more United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps after these messages. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. It's time to put the national spotlight on a member of the national staff office for United Soccer Coaches. And I feel like we've landed the big fish, that elusive fish that we've been trying to catch forever. Allison Pronsky, she's been with the association for a long time. And I don't need to say that to say she's old because she's not. She's just valued. And she joins me now, Allison Pronsky. Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Thanks. It's nice to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's great to see you as well, even though I can't see you. Um, <laughs> yeah, here, great, great to talk to you. <laughs> All right, Allison. So tell me your story. Like, how long have you been with 
United Soccer Coaches. And I feel like for a lot of it, you were working in the coaching education part. Now you have this different title, but give us your whole story. When did you find United Soccer Coaches, all the jobs and the people that you worked with? Okay, so I started through an internship in 1999 out of, I went to University of Kansas. My degree required I do an internship. So I landed at then National Soccer Coaches Association in the communications department. So I helped Mike McFarland, the former director of communications, work on rankings. At the time, there's like five people in the office. So we did a little bit of everything you know, programs for the convention, things like that. After that, Mike left. So I kind of stayed in that role for another year as a full-time employee before moving over to the education department. And then I worked basically all the different positions in education for about the next 20 years. And just this past June, I moved over to membership services. It was kind of just a time for me to make a change. There was that position open and Jeff and I thought it would be a good fit. So I kind of moved over. So when I was in the education department, I worked for Mike Parsons, who was the first in office full-time director of coaching education after uh, Mick was Jeff Tipping and then Ian Barker. Okay. All right. So not as many as I thought. There's been more stability there than I even realized. So that's- Yeah, we had a couple interns. I like Shellis was an interim like he is now in between Tip and Ian, you know, and George Perry did a little stint, I think, between Mick and Tip. But yeah, for the most part, it's just been those three full-time positions. Okay, well said. I remember those interim. Okay, so let's go pre-Kansas. Tell me where you grew up and where your hometown is. Tell me what you majored in at Kansas. Did you play any sports? Tell me a little bit about pre-Kansas, Allison. Okay, so yeah, I grew up in Prairie Village, which is part of Kansas City on the Kansas side. When I was at KU, I actually referred to it as Overland Park because everybody knows Overland Park and they don't know Prairie Village. So it's all the same area. I've never gone too far. I swam and played softball growing up, played soccer for fun with my youth group and just some other co-ed teams. I played when I was really little, but I fell victim to that not great coach experience. So I never got too serious in it. Went to Shawnee Mission East High School. I think it's actually in Prairie Village. And then went off to KU. And that kind of, that's kind of my story at KU. I was in the marching band, symphonic band, basketball band for men and women. So I had lots of fun experiences there. What'd you play? What instrument? I played trumpet. Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. And was Kansas... Was that Larry Brown, Roy Williams? Who was your coach then? My, yeah, Roy Williams the whole time I was there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I, I see. And we Roy. had good football when I was there too. So, okay. That's we're, right. We're who, making a comeback. Who was the football coach when you were there? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, Glenn Mason. Oh, Glenn Mason. Who okay. came from Minnesota? Yeah, I know Glenn well because he worked for the Big Ten Network for a long time. I used to see him all the time. And yeah. he's a Buckeye as well. So, Allison, now what was your maiden name? Kester, Allison Kester. So I still, it's, we get a present and gift every single year. And I actually have one of my favorite ones still says Kester that's in my office. So it always throws people a little bit off that don't know my whole story. Okay. All right. And then how about kids? Do you have kids, Allison? Yeah, I do. I have three kids. I have a 19 year old freshman at KU. I have a 16 year old daughter that's in 10th grade and then 14 year old eighth grader who's a boy. So boy, girl, boy. All right, let's hear their names. Andrew, Catherine, and Benjamin. They've all three either play or have played soccer. So we live and breathe soccer at our house. Do a lot of soccer travel. My youngest is actually at Dallas Cup this week. So we've experienced a lot. It's been interesting. Yeah, well, and you know, I shouldn't have stopped at the directors of coaching education because you've also experienced 
a handful of CEOs, right? Can you run through the CEOs you worked under? Yeah, sure. Um, so Jim Sheldon was the first one. He, he was there when I was hired originally. And then we had Joe Cummings, followed by Lynn Burling Manual, and now Jeff. All a little bit different. All It's been interesting. You know, I saw you a little bit more, I thought, at this last convention. And I told you how helpful I thought you were and stuff. And I told you that I wanted to get you on. And, and you know, you, of course, said, I don't know. You know, I'm not sure. It's not my favorite thing to do. But now that you're on, hopefully you're enjoying it. But, you know, one thing you clearly enjoy is the association. Obviously, you've hung around long enough and done enough different things where it must be, you know, something you enjoy. Can you elaborate on that? I do enjoy it. I I really believe in the mission of the association. You know, I've given a lot of years of my life, missed a lot of things with my family because education, the time that it demanded. But I really believe in what we do and helping coaches not to mention, you know, it's always been a family environment. And I love in January going and seeing everybody that you only see once a year. Being in coaching education, I got to see my coaching friends more often when we would go to courses in the summer. But it, it's just always been a very warm, friendly, loving environment. And like I said, I just really believe in what we do. I have vivid memories of you when certain people get inducted into the Hall of Fame or the Honor Award, people that you worked closely with where that's when I kind of feel like I see you the most because you're there for them. Is that relatable? Am I right on that? Because I feel like when a Jeff Tipping or somebody that you really work closely with goes into the Hall of Fame or gets a special award, that's when Allison Pronsky comes out from behind the desk and says, hey, <laughs> I'm here to, to cheer you on and, and be there to support you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, typically I'm a behind the scenes person. I don't really like to be out in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. That's not my personality. But no, when the people that I think the world of get recognized for what they've done. That's amazing. You know, and I always hesitate, like how much do you go up and try to talk to them at the event or congratulate them <laughs> at the event? Cause everyone else wants to also, but I found out more often than not, like they seem to appreciate it and we'll take a minute to talk and appreciate that I stopped by. So yeah, but no, truthfully, I like to just stay behind the scenes as much as possible. That's really well said. And I like the notion of wondering whether you should go up or not. And in fact, you know, at the last convention, Bailey Conklin won the staff award and she took the time actually to come up to me afterwards. And I should have come up to her, right, for winning the staff award. But it just kind of showed me what kind of person she is. And I feel like there's more and more people like that now at the association that truly care about each other. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. It's, you know, we've had some growing pains, but I think we have a good group that genuinely cares about everyone else. And, you know, Bailey winning that, that was a much deserved award. Congratulations to Bailey. That was super that she was the first one to win that award. She really does work super hard. It's interesting because coming up, we'll have a 30 under 30 member where every week we put the spotlight on. We can't always do a national spotlight for the staff office every week because, you know, it's hard to track down Allison Pronsky, you know, to, <laughs> to get her on. I'm, I'm just kidding with you, Allison, by the way. Although, you know, I've been wanting, it's true that I've been wanting you to get on for a while, right? You, that, you at least- I, I know, I'm like, let everybody else go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well that's perfect because, you know, one of the things I asked the 30 under 30s is, you know, where do you see yourself 15 years from now? And since you've been around a little bit longer, I feel like you're at home here. Is that fair to say? Like- you don't want to do anything else. I mean, I think probably as long as I work or unless, you know, something in my life changes, I don't really have a reason to leave. Association has been very good to me. Yeah. And it's, it's a good place. I, I want to help Jeff be successful. You know, he's, he's got a lot of goals. High, he's very ambitious and I want to do what I can to help him be successful. That's a great answer. You know, they've had the name change and you like me probably know people that don't love the name change, but nonetheless, they've, you know, made the name change and now we're all in 
United soccer coaches to you when you hear those three words, what do they mean to Allison Pronsky? Probably to me, I've struggled a little bit more with the name change than some, just because I did know it as NSCA for so long. But to me, an, an association that every coach should be a part of, we have something for everyone, you know, and we're, we're continually working to create opportunities. So it's just a place where you can go and hopefully very soon, you know, be able to communicate with your colleagues online, get ideas from people, collaborate, things like that. It's, there's great educational opportunities. It means a lot to me. And since we discussed this new role that you just took on not that long ago, what are some of your goals and aspirations as the new director of membership services for United Soccer Coaches? Well, I would love to restore the faith in our membership that we're there for them when they need us. We've really worked really hard on getting back on answering phones, returning phone calls, being available through the chats and emails, things like that, that had slacked off a little bit through COVID and all that. So we worked really hard on improving that, but we're always there. We can help people with what they need, whether it's rankings or which course should they take, but also we need to grow our membership. There's still a lot of people we don't reach and we need to figure out how to get to those people and get them in because then it's a better experience for everyone. I'm glad that uh, that's part of your goals, particularly somebody that's been a part of the name change and so much uh, different things that happening with United Soccer Coaches. All right, last question. Away from United Soccer Coaches, with your beautiful family, where's the go-to getaway place for Allison Pronsky and the Pronskys? We go every summer to a ranch in Colorado. It's the best week. We've been going since my youngest son was two. So there's no TVs, there's no cell phones. There's only one place they call it the jailhouse where you can go on get on your computer. Mm -hmm. So it's great. It's just an awesome week to get away from the real world. You know, the kids when they were little, they could be kids like like I knew how to be a kid. You know, there's you don't have to lock your door, you don't have to be worried about somebody snatching you. <laughs> that sounds so silly, but you get yeah. just get to be a kid and go run and and do your thing. So for them that's been great and we love it. It's a great week. Well, and you know what I love about that answer? We have a similar place and my kids are older now, 25 and 23. If they still love it for the same reason where they can be kids, even at 25 and 23 and be about family and being together and not about phones and, and video games and putt putt and that type of stuff. Right. Is that what you're telling me? Kind of? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like they'll all, we have, we go with our nieces and nephew and they also want to go into the petting farm and play with the baby goats and, you know, just little things like that. They love it. They love going. Oh, that's perfect. And where, I mean, maybe you don't want to give away the farm, but where in Colorado? I used to live there. I love Colorado. It's in a little tiny town called Partial, okay. which is um, kind of between Hot Sulphur Springs and Steamboat. Okay. So you, you up, up, up Highway 40. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we go there every summer. I want to say this year it will be number 12. That's incredible. That's awesome. So yeah, it's, it's just a good week to get away and get a break from the real world. All right. And then of course, I'll see you in Anaheim, right? For sure, Allison. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. All right. Our staff spotlight long overdue. So glad we finally were able to track down Allison Pronsky. Really excited about your new role as well, Allison, as well as your you know, ambition for that role. That was awesome and really well said. Thank you so much for finally coming on the United Soccer Coaches <laughs> podcast. Allison, I enjoyed it. Hope you did and um, have a great week. All right. I did. And thanks for being patient with me. All right, my pleasure. All right. We'll be, yeah, <laughs> Thanks, we, Dean. My pleasure. We'll be back to meet Alexa Reem, a member of our 30 Under 30 class. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team 
club or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps, my favorite part of the show where we meet another amazing member of our 30 under 30 class. Today, we meet Alexa Ream. Alexa, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, delighted to talk to you because you have big news. Just three weeks ago, you were named the first assistant at Bucknell for the women's soccer team. That's amazing. Tell us how excited you are about this job. Super excited, very, very honored to be selected for this position. It really hits close to home for me. I grew up very close to Bucknell, about an hour from here. So it's a place that I've driven by a bunch of times. And when I first got into coaching, this was a place that was kind of on my list. I would love to end up at Bucknell. Again, I'm very familiar with the area, but the school itself, awesome reputation. Kelly Cook, my head coach, can't say enough good things about her already. Um, so very, very excited to just bring my head coaching experience into this role, but also have the opportunity to really learn from a good staff here at Bucknell as well. So you already knew, Alexa, it's a stunning campus. The NSCA game of the week on Fox Soccer, Brendan Nash, who was then the men's head coach, would bring us in there several times, I think three times. And the campus blew my mind. So you knew this all along. Right, exactly. Yeah. So uh, the highway right out here goes right by the soccer field. So you get a really good look of our home game field, our practice fields. So yeah, I've driven by it a bunch. I've driven through campus. Um, I remember about, oh gosh, 15 years ago when I was going through the recruiting process myself, um, this was a place that I was looking at and I was interested in. So it's really great to be back. It has that good feeling of home and all of the people here have that same exact feeling so it's been a really good first three weeks and it's been really comfortable so far all right I'm glad you mentioned 15 years ago because I kind of want to hear your whole story where you grew up where you played youth soccer where uh-huh. you went to high school where you played college I think you played at a couple colleges so so don't leave anything out okay <laughs> perfect yeah about 15 years ago it's that's crazy to say um <laughs> so I played locally around here um for a club called STN North Penn directed by Rob Eaton so around the Lewisburg Milton State College area, there's a combination of a lot of us. So we're from an area where maybe soccer isn't the biggest. So it was really cool to have a combination of a lot of different towns and places. Some of us would drive hours to get to training, but it was a really good mix, a very talented mix of youth players coming up. So went to Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania High School um, while I was playing club soccer at STN North Penn. When I was going through the college recruiting process, ended up at Clarion University, played there for a couple years and ended up transferring a little bit closer to home to play at Lock Haven University for my last three years. After Lock Haven, I accepted a graduate assistant position at Wheeling Jesuit University, now called just Wheeling University. Was there for a couple years, got my master's in business while I was coaching at Wheeling. Following Wheeling, um, an assistant coach position at Mercyhurst University, first team assistant and reserve team head coach. So lived in Erie with all of the snow for about a year. Um, and then after Mercyhurst accepted the head coaching position at Clarion University right when COVID hit. So March of 2020 was when I started. 
at Clarion, was there for about three years, and like you said a little bit earlier, accepted this um, assistant position at Bucknell about three weeks ago. Okay, your greatest memory as a player at any level, it could be youth, high school, or college, and your greatest memory as a coach so far. I think they go hand in hand. So a big part of why I knew coaching was it for me was the relationship piece. Um, and going through youth soccer, club soccer, college soccer, it was all about the relationships as well. It was just this bond you have um, with almost, I joke, this forced family, right? Because you don't choose them. Um, at, a, at the college level, your coach chooses those people. So you just happen to be put at the same place as a lot of these ladies and you're all going through similar experiences and you grow so much in those four years. So in general, just the idea of being around all of these ladies and sharing all of these experiences. And I was lucky enough to do it at two different universities. So a different mix of ladies at the two places I was playing at. So that relationship piece for me is, is the biggest memory because those are relationships I still have today. And that really ties into my coaching as well. And that's why I love it. We have the best job in the world. Um, we really get to have these close relationships with these ladies, help them grow as soccer players, obviously, but really get to know them as people, get to know their families, hopefully positively impact them in their four or five years with us, and really just get so close to these kids as they're going through these four years that are going to change the rest of their lives. So for me, the best memories, I think those memories continue growing because you meet new players every year as you're coaching. But for me in both playing and coaching, it's the relationships I've built and those that still stand today and just the ability to have a good positive impact on those relationships. Mad respect for that answer, Alexa Reem. That is outstanding. You talked about relationships. Who are some key people that helped you develop as a person and as a coach? We love dropping names on this show, Alexa. Yeah, so a big one for me, um, I mentioned earlier, I played club soccer at STN North Penn, and he was also my college coach at Clarion and Lock Haven, Robbie. And so from a really young age, he was my club coach. He's from England played a little bit professionally over there, came over here, played at Lock Haven University and bumped around in coaching college roles, currently just now a, a head club coach. But um, from a young age, he's the one, I mean, tying it into relationships, he is the one that really emphasized, we got to get to know our players as people. If we don't, how are we going to get the most out of them as players? So from a really young age, he emphasized that as a coach. And I really clung on to that as a player, because for me as a player, it meant a lot knowing that my coach wanted to know me more than, hey, just get on the field and win a game, right? So he emphasized that. So I, I grabbed onto that. And as a college coach, he was the same exact way. He was a coach that I felt comfortable having conversations with, but also knew on the field he could be tough on us. But we already had those established relationships prior. So he was a coach that taught me as a very young coach getting into the industry, everything I know about coaching, about relationships, about meeting other coaches and having conversations and networking. So he really put it in gear for me. And he's one that I owe big time to becoming a coach in the first place. And to be honest, when I first started, when I was in college and I kind of accepted the graduate assistant position, I wasn't completely confident in my ability to do this. Um, and he's the one that really hit home. Lex, you can do this. You got this. You know what you're doing. So he's one still today. I'll call up and I'll say, Rob, I need help on this. Can, can you help me out? Um, and he is fantastic. So I owe not only 
getting here to this Bucknell position, but just starting out in coaching um, to Rob as a player and as a coach, still someone that I look up to 1000% and can't thank enough for helping me to get here. Another great answer. Now, <laughs> when you learned about the 30 under 30, can you talk about what excited you and give us your story? Did you apply more than once? And then tell us about your excitement when you learned that you were part of it. Right. Uh, super excited to be a part of it. So I applied, this would have been my third time, applied three times, and it just really stuck out to me as something. I always connected with a youth, a younger demographic of coaching. Um, I felt like, especially when I was a head coach at Clarion, um, I was the youngest head coach by far in my conference. Um, and one of two females at the time. So not only the, the youth aspect, but the, okay, we're going to put 30 female coaches in one place and let y'all talk about coaching and meet each other and network. So both of those things tied in. Um, I'd wanted to meet other coaches that were going through similar experiences as I was. Um, young coach, just starting out, we have a ton to learn still, um, but we also have some good experiences that we bring to the table. So what does that look like for coaches across the board, club, youth, high school, collegiate. Um, how do we take our youth and that enthusiasm, that passion, and how do we tie that into our current role right now? So for me, the networking piece, the meeting other people really, really stuck out. And it's been fantastic so far, just the messages and the conversations. I was out at Jefferson Cup last week and I bumped into three of our other 30 under 30 class. So just those relationships and that networking has been massive so far obviously all the opportunities of the soccer journal and this podcast are awesome um, but the people that we get to meet through it really really appealed to me when I was applying and I'm sure with the convention in Philadelphia you were there for most of that right yeah yeah finally it was super close so very familiar with the area I was there for the whole week and I love the convention again just seeing everybody you see people you haven't seen in years because this job gets you so busy that you just kind of don't have time to see all the people you want to see so Got to see a lot of coaches that I haven't seen in a long, long time. And again, meet all of those 30 under 30 people and coaches um, was a fantastic experience. Give me something away from the soccer field that Alexa Ream likes to do, totally unrelated to coaching soccer or even playing soccer. Coaches love this question, don't they? Because coaching <laughs> is our whole life. So um, I'm really into outdoors. So my fiance and I, we have two dogs. Anytime we can hike, bike, get on a trail, um, my mom lives very, very close to what's called Pine Creek in Jersey Shore. This is going to be foreign to a lot of listeners, but um, she lives right on the creek. So kayaking, biking, we get on rails to trails all the time. I love anything outdoors, as you can tell where I'm sitting right now. But um, anytime I can get outside, that's what I like to do in my spare time. All right. Congratulations on the fiance. When are you guys getting married? That's the question of the year. So um, he's also a collegiate coach. So finding the time to set something up has been our biggest struggle. Um, but hopefully soon is, is the goal. That's my answer right now. <laughs> During the past Men's World Cup, how many people asked you if you've related to Tim Ream? Um, a bunch. I get that <laughs> all of the time. Yep. Uh, probably. And actually my players here, a few of them have asked me as well. So <laughs> I'll keep taking it. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a great person. He's been through a lot of cycles. It's good to, good to hear his take. Uh, speaking of the world cup, the women's world cups coming up, do you have a favorite player for the USA women? 
Um, right now, you know, I, we were just talking about this in the office because we were talking about the, the Mia Hamm era and the, when Abby Wambach just started era. Um, so tying into today, I really am a big fan of Julie Ertz. Um, I was a holding midfielder as a player, so I guess I'm a bit biased, but love her work ethic, love her ability to connect. Um, but I'm also a big fan of Becky Sauerbrum. So, um, she is obviously the staple back there in the back line, but, um, big fan of those two for sure. Oh, those are great answers. Finally, when you hear these three words, tell me what they mean to Alexa Ream, United Soccer Coaches. I think it's a community. It's it's really cool to be a part of it. And everybody that you talk to in United Soccer Coaches really emphasizes the community and get to know people, be engaged, get involved. And there's so many opportunities to get involved and to meet people and coaches that you wouldn't typically have the opportunity to do. Um, so just the community of it all and that we're all going through similar experiences and we all get to bring those together and have really good conversations about them. I said finally, but I didn't mean it because I forgot to ask you my crystal ball <laughs> question. And that is where you might see yourself in 15 years. I love this question because I typically when I picture where I'm going to be, um, it doesn't necessarily correlate with a level or an area. Like I mentioned earlier, I really loved Bucknell and I saw myself being here and I didn't know when that was going to be. Um, but this was kind of on my goal list. So for me in 10 years, as long as I'm coaching at a place where I know I'm, I can make an impact on these players as players and people, um, as student athletes. Um, and I know I'm very happy in that role and developing, building, growing and maintaining a program. That's exactly what I want to be doing in 10 years. So the goal is to keep that at the collegiate level, keep it at a high level collegiately. Um, so in 10 years, um, if I had to pinpoint it, I would say hopefully coaching division one head coaching role. Um, but I'm very, very happy here and I love the program and the impact I'm making currently. So as long as it checks all those boxes, um, I can see myself anywhere in 10 years. Wow, this is an outstanding interview. Alexa Reem, great to get to know you and so glad that you're part of the 30 Under 30 class. Thanks for being on the United Thank Soccer Coaches podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Alexa, and thanks to all of our incredible guests. I also want to thank Bailey Conklin, Brandon Milburn, and the great folks at United Soccer Coaches, as well as my producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.